Hi, you're listening to Cool Chats, the Cool Choir podcast, profiling the personal lives of our members across Calgary, Western Canada. You can find more information on Cool Choir by visiting coolchoir.com or at our public Facebook page by searching Cool Choir. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 11 of the Cool Chats podcast. This week, once again, I am very, very happy to be having a chat with one of our longtime original and very faithful Cool Choir members. Uh, this lady was born in Manitoba and, in fact, a descendant of some of the original settlers in the area. We're going to hear more about that shortly. And what I love about this lady is that she is a huge supporter of the arts community in Calgary and a longtime choral church singer. And I have to say, she has the most wonderful smile and I do love her funky hairstyle as well. It gives me great pleasure to welcome to today's podcast the lovely Myra Skerritt. Hi, Myra. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> How's that for an introduction? It was perfect. <laughs> I hope you didn't mind me mentioning your funky hairstyle. I always thought you have a, a very funky hairstyle. I don't know if I ever told you that, but. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I, I uh, take a lot of pride in it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought all women took lots of pride in their hairstyle. I've heard the expression bad hair day. Do you have these bad hair days? Never. <laughs> <laughs> Men have them as well, Myra. <laughs> Anyway, this is all escalated somewhere I wasn't expecting, and so soon. That's all good. Um, it's lovely to welcome you to the podcast today. Um, you know, Myra, you do stand out to me, not just because of your hair, but I feel that when you're singing in the choir, you always have this beautiful smile, and you're always, I've never known you anything but smiling, and it kind of shines from the soprano section. <laughs> I hope I'm not embarrassing you here, by the way. Not at all. Good. Excellent. And I was just saying there in the introduction that, um, you know, very interesting background because uh, you actually um, come originally from, now I can't pronounce this town very well. Can you tell us what the name of the town is that you were um, you were born in? Yes, it's called Wawanisa. And Wawanisa is actually uh, an Aboriginal word that means land of no snow. Well, I can't live there, Myra. That's it. In fact, I don't even want to visit the place. <laughs> that was a joke. I'm sure it's a beautiful town. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about that then. So you were born and raised there. Um, and actually, you said that there's also famous for um, an insurance company as well. Yes. That? Yes. And some people may be familiar with the Wawanisa Mutual Insurance Company, which originally started in my hometown in 1896. It's got branches all across Canada. There's even a branch in San Diego in the States. And every year they have their annual general meeting. And Wawanisa, you, the, actually I have to say it's a pretty cool name. So it's it's clearly, um, it's a First Nations name. Proud of. My dad worked there for 42 years. My brother still works there. So. Ah, okay. Um, I think we may have had a bit of a, a connection issue there, an internet connection. I think I lost a little bit of what you just, just, just said then. Can you hear me okay, Myra? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Okay. Um, so we're just saying that Wawan, Wawan, Wawanisa? Wawanisa. Wawanisa. Is that a First Nations word? Yes. Oh, oh it is. Yeah. Something about the First Nations um, language and the words and then place names. I just love them. They they conjure up when I hear them. They just, they just conjure up so much imagery. Um, so you were saying there about your great grandfather Richard Corrie and his brother Tom, um, Tom yes. Tom Thomas, and um, they were the first original settlers coming from England. Wow, interesting. So you yes, British blood in you. <laughs> <laughs> they came from Devon originally, 
And uh, Richard and Thomas, the two brothers, came with their father in 1879. And they were the first white settlers in the area, in the Wawanisa area at the time. And that first winter that they were there was a really extremely cold winter. And they were befriended by Aboriginal people who lived in the area. And they actually made it through that first winter with the help of the Ab Aboriginal people who gave them food and helped them build their original shelters. And so it's, it's a really interesting story because after that, they went on to be the first farmers in the area. And there's still many descendants of them living in the area today. This would make the most beautiful movie, I have to tell you, just the imagery that you're conjuring up of these sort of settlers and how they were helped by the um, First Nations on the land like that. I think what, what a heartwarming story. So 1879, that was 100 years before I was born. Um, mm. And actually, interestingly, um, you mentioned Devon. I was born in Devon. Did you know that? Mm. Wow. <laughs> so there we go some some kind of close close connections here as well um so i know that you actually like some of our members <clears throat> you know you have come to the choir with uh, a reasonable amount of singing experience uh, i know that you've spent quite a long time uh, singing in kind of you know your church choir is that right yes yeah i've sung in the church choir since 1999 um i enjoy it immensely um you know, I was raised in a musical family. My parents were uh, singers in the church choir for over 40 years. So I had that um, experience behind me, you know, as a, kind of a, an encouraging message that I should probably do the same. So I'm really glad that I've uh, been able to kind of follow in my parents' footsteps in that way. And it's interesting for me when I hear and have the chance to chat with people that have spent an extensive amount of time singing in a church choir. Um, I'm going to ask the most ridiculous question now, and that question is, what do you actually sing in a church choir? Because people think you just sing hymns, and I don't, I don't really know for sure. So I wouldn't mind <laughs> learning a little bit more about your sort of choral past in sort of terms of what you have sung previously. Well, um, it helps when you have really talented um, musical leaders that uh, push you out of your comfort zone and bring in different types of music. Um, it's not all traditional. Um, some of it is very contemporary. Um, you know, we've done everything from Handel's Messiah, which I totally love, um, to uh, some Beatles music. So, you know, it, it's, it's a great experience when you have um, very excellent musical leaders to to help you along the way i think that is important really and it's just um and i've said this before because one of the things that i've struggled with a little bit is when it comes to kind of repertoire with not just in a choir but in music in general but i feel like a lot of people are very latched on to song choice repertoire for me i think singing um it's such a cathartic thing but i feel like singing really in the end it shouldn't shouldn't be a deal breaker as to what you're actually singing in terms of you know being so hung up on the song choices and things for me it's about you know coming together with other people and singing in harmony because half the time in a choir you're not even singing that well you're singing the tune because you're you're a soprano you get a lot of melody um but but often you're singing a harmony anyway so it doesn't make a huge difference for me it's about the whole package of the whole experience of singing in a choir regardless of whether you're singing all things bright and beautiful you know or you're singing i don't know um a song by the Beatles, for example, 
What do you think about that? Well, the best thing about being in a choir is that you get the blend of all the different music um, and the voices. And like for me, I could only really sing in a choir. I, I'm not uh, that keen on singing solos. In fact, for many, many years, my church choir director had to keep prodding me to do solos. And I said, no, I don't do solos. I sing best when I have the support of other singers. And um, it's so beautiful when you hear the different voices blending together because everybody has a part to play. Of course, I focus on the higher parts as the soprano, but boy, those bass notes are amazing, you know, and, and that's what gives the support to the rest of the singing. So for me, it's choir only, never solos. <laughs> Well, I have to tell you something, and I perhaps I shouldn't say this publicly, but soloing is really is 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 my most disliked element of choirs. Um, and the reason that I the reason I actually like I think, you know, this is a choir. It's not you know, it's not it's not about the soloist. But the reason I have in the past had soloists, because obviously I'm always thinking about, you know, the final show, the final performance. And I'm always thinking, well, as an audience to sit through let's say a two-hour show um you know you want you can need some variety you don't just people are people can quickly get bored of the monotony of just one choir song after a choir song one after the other for us we don't find it monotonous because we've been learning it for nine months and we're performing it but if you imagine as an audience member you're sitting there listening for i don't know a 90 minute show and it's just one choir song after the other you need some variety and that's the only real reason that I actually put soloists in to Cool Choir. Well, I would agree with that because it does give a bit of a spice to the rest of the repertoire and it keeps things lively and keeps things interesting and also features particular singers that have special gifts. So, you know, I think it's great when a concert can have a, a variety of singing um, in it. Now your parents actually were very musical as well. So your mum played the piano and your dad played the violin and recorder. Um, and they both of course sang in church choirs for over well, over 40 years, is that right? That's correct. Hmm. Yeah, and in fact, when my dad was a senior, um, much later in his life, he sang in a senior men's choir right up until he was about 90. So music to him was a lifelong pursuit. And you obviously have a very wide appreciation of music because um, being a, a supporter of the arts community in Calgary, I know for a fact that you've, you've been, well, blessed really to hear live some pretty famous people. So tell us about who you've heard live in concert. <laughs> well, I'll just start with the arts community. Um, I've been a proud supporter of the Calgary Philharmonic Orchestra for quite a few years now. And in fact, I've seen some cool choir members in the audience on occasion. So I know I'm not the only one that appreciates their music. Um, live music's very important. Uh, the arts community in Calgary is very important. Um, so I, I really like to support that when I can. Um, I also enjoy attending several concerts of you know, major performers. I often make it into a trip and I'll take a friend and we'll go and and uh, make a weekend out of it. Uh, in fact, I ran into another cool choir member at the Andrea Bocelli concert in Vancouver two years ago. 
Yeah. <laughs> we're like a weird cult. We're everywhere. You can't get away from it. So, I mean, I actually, I don't know whether you remember, but there was a story a couple of years ago. I think somebody was, I can't remember exactly who it was now, but I remember somebody was in Mexico somewhere and there was another cool crime member in the swimming pool. <laughs> wow. Well, that was quite funny. Or on the beach. And I was somewhere. Where was I? I was. I was somewhere. In fact, I'm saying it was a story. It happened to me. I was somewhere. I was in... Where was I? I, in fact, I was in Mexico. I, we, and by the way, this was a different story, but I was in Mexico and somebody started calling to me through this sort of cave. And it was one of my fellow cool choir friends. Wow. <laughs> I know. I was thinking I have to behave myself wherever I go in the world because people might see me. <laughs> can't get too drunk. Can't fall out of a nightclub, you know, drunk. <laughs> you can imagine I'm bad enough sober, let alone drunk. <laughs> Um, but actually talking of travel, it's a good little seg segu, segu, I can never say that word, segway, 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 Se segway is a machine that you travel on, <laughs> it's a, but it's anyway, segway, segway on to travel, so you and I have that in common as well, you've done a lot of traveling and you've done some backpacking and, um, you know, I love to hear stories of travel. Well, I went on a monumental round the world trip uh, 30 years ago in 1990, I was 23, and I just had it in my head that I wanted to go to Australia and I wanted to work on a cattle station in the outback. That was my goal. And I bought a, an open-ended one-way ticket to Australia with several stops along the way. I didn't know after that point where I would be going. So it was, it was um, a little nerve wracking for my parents, but they were very supportive. And uh, so off I went. And uh, I was 23 when, when I left and I was 26 when I came back. So you had quite an adventure on a cattle station. And by the way, I don't know whether you're aware, but there are cattle stations in Australia that are actually, and I'll never get this from in my head, but round, I can never get around this, but there are cattle stations that are larger than um, United Kingdom, like larger than the United Kingdom. <laughs> yes. Um, it's amazing. Well, I was so fortunate to be able to live on a cattle station for seven months with a family. This was in northern Queensland, uh, just inland from Charters Towers, which is an old historic gold mining town. And I answered an ad out of a farming newspaper, had the interview over the phone. Um, the mom came and picked me up at the bus depot in town, and I went out to spend seven months in the outback. And I developed a very close relationship with the family. I still keep in touch with them to this day. And it's it's something that I will cherish forever. Australia is actually, is, is really is a wonderful country. And I, I, I don't know whether you recall me talking about it once, but we were supposed to move. Well, I originally thought we were gonna to move to Melbourne, Australia. Um, I'd spent, like you, I mean, I've visited Australia a few times, actually. I haven't spent that amount of time there. But I've done. I've gone on quite a few short chart trips there for like three weeks here or a month there, um, and I've been all over Australia. I've travelled all over Australia as well, um, and I really fell in love with it from the day that I I went there. And I thought to myself, this is where I'd like to live. Um, and then in 2012, of course, Kaz and I visited Melbourne, which is where we thought we were going to move to, and then we came to Calgary the same year. Um, and for whatever reason, um, we just we didn't feel it as a place to live i think it's one of those great countries to visit for me i don't like heat i don't like insects i don't like bugs um and uh, for me there was no comparison between you know living here 
and living there. So we chose here. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you did, Jamie, <laughs> because Canada is a spectacular country and we wouldn't have Cool Choir here if you hadn't come. Uh, <laughs> well, that's very kind. Thank you, Myra. Um, but actually, um, talking about connections and kind of travel and stuff. So um, the other thing I wanted to pick up on is that you also have, we also have another sort of connection here um, in some shape or form, because I know that you worked over in the UK as a nanny at one point, um, and that was over in Hertfordshire in England. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so this was in my final year of my round the world trip from 91, or sorry, 92 to 93. I landed in England, again, didn't really know where I was going, um, had no plan, answered an ad out of the paper. And I ended up living with that family for 11 months. Um, and their home was in uh, Hertfordshire near the town of St. Albans, which is quite a, a important town in that area. Um, so uh, I still keep in touch with that family also to this day. And uh, again, it was an experience that I will always cherish. I love England. England's just, to me, it's a beautiful country. Well, you know, St. Albans is actually a very beautiful town and it's known for its, uh, well, stunning cathedral in St. Albans. Did you go to the cathedral? Absolutely. Yes, I did. Isn't it love? Isn't that just an yep. absolutely stunning building, that cathedral? I, I have an interesting little story to tell you about St. Albans. And it's, it's a musical kind of story. So in St. Albans, um, I used to go there often on my days off, which was on Sunday. And cause it was just the next train stop up from where I lived. And one day I was kind of wandering around this restaurant called the Waffle House. I don't know if it's still there, but it was kind of a hangout for people. And lo and behold, George Michael was sitting at the Waffle House by himself, just enjoying a cup of coffee or a waffle or whatever. And it was such a thrill because, you know, I was kind of standing back um, a few feet away and I was just watching him. And it was just such a nice moment to be able to see him. You know, he lived in the area, I believe, because actually there were quite a few musical people who lived in that area. Alison Moyer was, was another um, British singer who actually lived in the town where I lived. So that was a thrill for me to see George Michael that day. Wow, wow. There aren't many people who can say that they've met somebody, <laughs> well, someone like George. Well, yeah, I didn't meet him because I wanted to give him some privacy and I just saw him sitting there and, you know, he was just enjoying a beautiful Sunday afternoon. And many musicians do, because of St Albans' proximity to London, um, well, first of all, it's an extremely expensive place to, to live. Um, I, you said you were one train stop away. So do you remember the town you lived in? Yes, the town I lived in is called Radlett. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know Radlett. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't like I don't know it, know it. But um, rather randomly, Myra, this is just totally off the cuff here. But um, Radlett was a place where I went to get an iPad screen replaced. Oh my goodness. Some years ago. There was a a business there and that's the first time I'd ever heard of it. So I had there and I went I went and had a got a sandwich for lunch from the local baker there. So I've been Well it it's got an amazing pub called the Cat and Fiddle, which is still in operation. It's I think it's like four hundred years old. And we used to hang out at the Cat and Fiddle every Friday. That was our routine. And I'll tell you something else about the Cat and Fiddle, not the Cat and Fiddle, but the Cat and Fiddle. You see, the Cat and Fiddle is uh, the pub in Radlett, but I know another Cat and Fiddle, which is um, 
from where I come from in northwest England in the Peak District and it's called the Cat and Fiddle and it is the second highest pub in the UK. Oh wow. I know so mm. there's been lots of sort of funny uncanny connections through a little chat mm -hmm. today which is amazing but Hertfordshire oh, so just to let you know that I lived before I came to Canada this is really what I was kind of getting at that before we lived I, before I moved to Canada, I was, Kaz and I were living in Hertfordshire as well. We were living about 40 minute drive from St. Albans. We were living in a town called Hitchin, as in literally it's written, hit your chin, hit, chin, <laughs> Hitchin. And I don't know whether you watch too much TV and stuff, but there was a, a, quite a famous British television show filmed there a few years ago. They were actually filming when we lived there and it's called Dr. Foster. Um, it's probably some of the most uncomfortable television viewing drama you will ever watch in your life. It was an, it was the, I think honestly was in the top five greatest television shows I've ever seen. Uh, it's called Dr. Foster. And if you get, it's on Netflix and if you get a chance to watch it, it's actually filmed in Hitchin and they were filming it there while we were living there actually. Um, so uh, a lovely, lovely town. It's a medieval market town on the river. Um, very nice town, uh, county, Hertfordshire, I have to say. St Albans was just something where only a place I could dream to afford to live in. <laughs> Unfortunately, so it makes no surprise to me that you saw George Michael. In fact, Alison Moyer, whose only hit I know is a, a song from the 80s or 90s called Is This Love? Um, uh -huh. I don't know any other songs by her, but um, yeah, how interesting, gosh. Now, the other thing I was going to say to you is that um, you have also done a little bit of volunteering as well. You've spent a lot of time volunteering sort of in your in your life around the city as well. Is that something you'd like to talk to us about as well? Yeah, so I am a member of um, a national service organization called Canadian Progress Club, and it's been around in Canada since 1922. Um, the main things that that Progress Club members do is raise money and volunteer in the community. So I've been a member of my club, Calgary City Centre, for 17 years. And um, we're very proud of the, the contributions that we can make to improve our communities. And uh, Calgary has um, a great volunteerism spirit. And there's not just the Progress Club, there's the Lions Club and um, the Rotary Club you know, that lots of different clubs do a lot of volunteering behind the scenes. And of course, you don't have to be a member of a club to help out. You can just do it when, whenever you can and whatever way you can. So I'm, I'm very proud of, of the contributions that I've been able to make to my community. And it's something that I learned from my parents because they were great volunteers and uh, they just instilled that um, um, behavior in me, you know, to encourage me to get involved. And, you know, talking of sort of past life and stuff, so we've, we've been having a bit of an Olympic theme this week. I know that you moved to Calgary in, well, about six months after the Olympics of the same year. So 1988, you moved, yeah. you moved here. Um, I know that at the time you sort of had a couple of brothers that lived here. Is that the reason that you, you moved here to be nearer to them? Absolutely. So back in the 80s, um, um, my brothers moved out here because there was quite an oil um, boom at the time and uh, they kept telling me how wonderful Calgary was so I thought I, I just have to come and see it for myself and I came after the Olympics so I moved out here in October of, of 88 and I always remember the New Year's Eve that year um, there was still um, an Olympic 
feeling in the air, even though I was there so many months after the Olympics were over. On New Year's Eve, they played the Olympic music and we were all down at Olympic Plaza and they had fireworks and it was just, it was so wonderful. And I knew that I had made the right decision. So this was just a couple of months after I had moved here. And I'll always remember that because I think Calgary just has such a positive vibe and it makes me happy to be here. It's a beautiful city. It, it was a great decision. And I just also have to say that originally I was supposed to move to Toronto. So I was actually planning to go to Toronto the summer of 88. And my mom kind of pulled me aside at the kitchen table and said, you know, dear, is it okay if we take you out to Calgary instead? And I said, sure. <laughs> and uh, it was the best decision I ever made. You came to Cowtown, is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and I just want to finish by letting everybody know that, you know, you're, you and your um, dear husband, Rob, are also going to be celebrating your 25th wedding anniversary this year. Yes. On yes, on June 30th. Yeah. <laughs> How exciting. Gosh, I, <laughs> you, a great lesson to anybody <laughs> in marriage. <laughs> Love, tolerance, and patience. It's really, really good too. So many, too many marriages are breaking up in five minutes these days. So I think that's amazing. <laughs> well, if I could just add to that, um, it's also important to keep your own interests as well. Um, my husband and I have different things that we like to do. We do things together, but we do things independently, and that's really important. So that's it's, and that's also something that you can talk to each other about. I agree. Um, we all kind of need to have things that we share in common and then things that we can sort of do separately. And I always find that it's important to be surround yourself with the things that you love, whether it's friends or music or or that kind of thing. And it's so lovely to have you as a very valued and treasured member of our Cool Choir community. And I hope you've made some uh, friends within Cool Choir as well. It's been a wonderful journey and I'm looking forward to when we can get together in person again. And uh, I just appreciate everything that you do for us and keeping us together during this time of COVID, which won't last forever. It won't last forever. And you know me by now, Myra, I have some pretty exciting projects in the pipeline going around <laughs> my head and uh, whatever is in my head always comes to fruition. <laughs> Take <laughs> no that or a bad thing. <laughs> But thank you so much um, for being a uh, guest on the, well, a guest, if you're not a guest, you are a guest, but you <laughs> stop. <laughs> you, thank you for being one of our uh, lovely uh, sort of cool choir friends on the, on the podcast this week. And uh, it's been a real pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. And thank you for the opportunity, Jamie. <laughs> Take care. You too. Thanks for tuning in to Cool Chats today. We look forward to welcoming you back soon for our next episode, profiling the lives of our beautiful Cool Choir community across Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Until then, sing loud and proud, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>